Welcome to Fountain of Life Worship Center's podcast. We're glad you're here with us today. Today you will hear a message previously recorded from our pastor, youth pastor, or a guest speaker. Join us as we know God, grow in God, and go with God today. Let's jump into the message. There we go. Everybody hear me now? All right. How's everybody doing tonight? All right. Um, I just want to say, first of all, I'm thankful for this opportunity. Uh, thank you guys for being so loving and coming out and supporting me. Uh, I want to thank, more importantly, God for all the opportunities he's given me. Um, not only just here, but, you know, just every day is an opportunity, guys. And I want to thank you, Pastor Mick, for letting me stand behind the pulpit. Um. If you guys good, can we please turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20. I'll wait for you guys to get there. I want to apologize beforehand. I am very scripture heavy. Because for me, scripture proves scripture. I believe almost every scripture could link up to another scripture. You know, you're going to get those ones where it's just about travel. But I think most scripture proves scripture, which I believe the books of Timothy would agree. All right. So if you're there, I'm going to read out of multiple versions of the Bible. So guys, just try to hang on. So 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20 says, Now then, we are the ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead. Be ye reconciled to God. Let's go to our Heavenly Father in prayer real quick. I just want to thank you, Father, for all the people here. Please don't let me be seen. Please let us see you as who you are and hear you for who you are. Lord, I pray for the infilling of your Holy Spirit, and I pray for wisdom. Lord, and put my biases aside so I can be unreserved in your truth. Please anoint the ears here and anoint the hearts. And thank you for this opportunity, even to gather. Thank you for the freedom that we have. And thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who died and suffered for us. And you resurrected him for our justification. We thank you, Lord Jesus, and we thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So right there, I'll read it again. Therefore, we are the ambassadors for Christ. As though God were making an appeal through us, We beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Now, an ambassador is an accredited accredited diplomat sent by a country as an official representative to a foreign country. A representative is someone who is standing or acting for another, especially through delegated authority. Guys, we have his Holy Spirit living in us. So we're walking Christ on the earth. Christian means little Christ-like one, right? So walking as his ambassadors, we have delegated authority to come into this foreign world, right? It's foreign to us now because, think about it, all that darkness has been stripped away 
and now we're in this kingdom of light. So imagine this. Christ is our example, and we have to be like him in every way. Well, he was an ambassador for God to us. He bridged that gap. He showed us what God had to offer us, everything he had to offer us, and he did it through love. He never sought his own. You cannot point out one scripture that's in red letters that sought his own. Now, we know he bridged the gap. He got us connected to God. So now, we're called the ambassadors of Christ because he's ascended, right? And he said, the things that I do, you'll do, and greater. And I think greater being in number. There are going to be millions of Christ's walking around, being ambassadors, right? So imagine this. We should be going out and begging people to be reconciled to God, not preaching hellfire. Fear is good. Fear is a good thing. People will say, no, fear is bad. Guys, if I'm about to drive off the edge of a cliff, I want fear to tell me to turn back around, right? But, guys, Scripture reads that the goodness of God leads men to repentance, In fact, the very day that I got saved, the first thing that came out of that preacher's mouth was, if God had a refrigerator, a picture of you would be on it. It wrecked me because it was the goodness of God shining through that turned my heart. It wasn't hellfire. It was God's love for me. Okay, here we go. Please forgive me. Please turn the chapter, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 5. I know, guys, it's going to get more... More involved. All right. So we're going to read chapter 5 of Matthew 13 through 16. Are you guys ready? Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of men. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Guys, we're, we're salt and we're light. You see, I don't think it's a coincidence that Jesus in John chapter 9 says, I am the light of the world. So it seems no coincidence that he says, you are the light of the world, Right? Good way to visualize this. Imagine a large flame in the middle of a room, and we all come in with our candles, and we light off of him. The only reason we have this light is because he shared the light of his life with us, right? And we're salt in this world. We're a preservant, right? We preserve the gospel message, and we preserve preserve Christ's values. Now, how selfish of it, of us, would it be if we hid the light of Christ within ourselves, within our churches? I mean, guys, we say it all the time, you know. We need to go out there and winning people. Well, maybe the goal is less winning people and more loving them. I've, I've never seen Christ say, I'm going to win these people. He'd always just go in and love them to death, right? Really, quite to death. Why not let everybody see the king that you serve? 
we boast about them. We sing songs about them. I mean, do we really believe these songs? I'm not trying to call anybody out or curl toes or make you guys feel bad for anything because I'm right there with you guys. I'll sing that song, and then I'll get mad at the person that cuts me off in traffic, right? But the end goal here is not us. Please wrap that around your mind. Christianity is not about you. It's not about this casual, comfy lifestyle where, oh, it has a cross in it. I'll take a picture for it, you know, Instagram. It's not that. It wasn't comfy for the first church. It wasn't comfy for them, right? Actually, Christianity is quite uncomfortable. Deny yourself. Pick up your cross. Follow him. Those are all uncomfortable things. So the end goal can't be us. It has to be the glorification of our Father, which is in heaven, because he's worthy of it. We just sang songs that said, praise the one who paid my debt, right? We should be showing people that type of love that Jesus displayed, even unto his death to others. All right, here we go again. 2 Corinthians 5, 18. I'll give you guys a second, because I understand. I'm, I'm also going to go there, too. All right. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Now, right there, if you thought you were exempt, you're wrong. Given to us the ministry of reconciliation. It doesn't matter how small your reconciliation is. It could be your household. It could be your workplace. It could be the commute on your ride to work. Could be reconciliation to anything. Because think about it. Jesus' ministry was not about himself. It was about a reconciliation to God. Jesus never said that eternal life was heaven. You won't find it. Jesus said eternal life is knowing the Father. That was the goal, to get to know the Father. Because if you know him, you already have eternal life. There it is. Signed, sealed, delivered. So... We also got to think about this. Jesus said, pray, therefore, that God sends laborers into the harvest. He didn't say, pray, God, therefore, to send watchmen or send people just to hang out. You know, I'm going to say this, and I know we say it often, but God wants more than your Sundays and your Wednesdays. He paid a lot more than for just Sundays and Wednesdays and the casual amen on the car ride home. I'm sorry, guys. I'm not, I'm not trying to sound mean. I'm not trying to hatefully rebuke. Everything I've had here, I want it to come from the heart of God. Now, forgive me again. Let's turn to Romans chapter 13. Because here we're going to find out what an ambassador looks like or how we get ready to be an ambassador. All right. Chapter 13, verses 10 through 14. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. And that, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent, and the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ 
and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Guys, we're told in Romans 13 to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Sounds like a weird command, but think about it. If I put on a neon pink sweater and walked around the local Home Depot, people think that's pretty odd, right? Well, see, I did it barefoot, too, right? People think that's pretty odd. People probably be looking at me, staring at me weird, right? People be thinking about me on the drive home. People probably ask me, hey, that's pretty bright. What are you doing? But how much more so would people talk about us if we put on the Lord Jesus Christ and kept him on every day? Guys, how much brighter would we shine than a neon pink sweater if we just put him on every day? And get this, the Bible never says to take him off. It says put him on. Because guys, the time's at hand. We've been, we say it, and we say it, we say it, and I think we almost say it to death. We almost lose its meaning. Guys, the end is drawing near. We're in the end times. We're in the last days. So he says, take off the works of darkness and put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Walk in him. Walk in that love. Now, this isn't easy all the time. Because sometimes I want to put on myself instead. Sometimes we all want to, right? When politics arise, when we're wronged, when we're put in a position of stress, we want to start hurling insults and put down others and get our way. But what do we accomplish? Dare we to put on ourselves and make the gospel a target of blasphemy? Guys, we see it all the time. You see these prosperity preachers. They're putting themselves first, and they give us a bad name. They give people who are truly living for Christ a bad name. Jesus only did the will of his Father. And if he's our example, which he is, we should follow after our Father's will too. You guys don't have to turn here, but I'll read it real quick. Look at Romans 8.29. If you can switch there fast, you can. For those whom he foreknew, this is amplified, and loved and chose beforehand, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son and ultimately share in his complete sanctification so that he would be the firstborn, the most beloved and honored among many believers. That right there tells you that every believer is meant to be conformed to this image. You're not exempt. No one's exempt from this ambassador. We're all chosen. You're not elected. God chose you specifically because you have something to offer. You work somewhere where you could reach somebody. You live somewhere where you can reach somebody. Because I live in a whole household where I'm the only Christian. My dad used to be a pastor, and my mom used to sing in church, and I'm the only one who's a believer at the point. God's put me there for a specific purpose, to try to lead them. You can't save them. You can lead them to Jesus. You can try bridging the gap like Jesus did. Now, actually just a little bit back in Romans 12, we find out how we start doing this. Romans 12, uh, verse 1 through 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to, the wor- to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove 
what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? This is one of the most crucial steps in this whole thing. Throwing yourself completely at the feet of Jesus, totally selling out. Because it can't work with you hanging on halfway to yourself. You can't be an ambassador and be a double agent. You're either sold out for Jesus or you're sold into the world. You cannot cherry-pick Bible verses to try to prove your way of life. It's either all in, all out. Don't try to play with his heart like that. Don't mess with him like that, guys. He's worth more. And it also says this is our reasonable service to do. And I amplified it says reasonable. It says logical, intelligent. It's just what precedes after being saved. We don't get saved and go, well, all right, let's just go back to it. I mean, some people do, right? But you should be burning with a heart for God, one that wants to reach out to people and say, guess what just happened to me? Guys, I just got transformed to another kingdom. Like, I'm no longer, you know, bound by anything of this world. It has no legal standing to me. We're going to turn again to John chapter 15, verse 5. This is the second part. This is the, it's another how. How do we become this ambassador? I'll wait for a second, guys. I'm going to read this in the Amplified Version. There's nothing crazy about it. It just expounds on a lot of Greek meanings. A lot of Greek words have double meanings, have all these complex meanings. Like we'll say turkey, and it means turkey. But for them, it can mean a whole plethora of things. It can mean a whole sentence longer than you think. So ready? I'm the vine. You are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him bears much fruit. For otherwise, apart from me, that is, cut off from vital union with me, you can do nothing. Don't even try to think that you can live this life, this ambassador lifestyle, without being connected to God. Because, like, what's the point? Imagine you're an ambassador for, like, an actual country here, and you don't have any ties to them. You don't know what they want. You don't know what their will is. You don't even know the voice of the guy that you're trying to be Four, guys, we can't do anything without this vital union of us to Christ and Christ to us. We strengthen this by prayer, by reading scripture. You know, we've turned prayer into this weird thing where we have to, where we have to get these candles and we have to turn worship music on and we have to be in a certain mindset. Guys, some of the best prayers I've ever had have been in my car. Jesus did not open the veil so you'd have to go through more hoops to get to God. He's right there. He's available. You don't have to go through this complex plethora. I, I work with a guy, and he said, he's very confused, and he said, uh, I said, you know, I pray. And he said, well, you pray like the Lord's Prayer, right? I said, well, uh, yeah, sometimes. He said, well, it's the only one you can pray. I was like, What? What scripture are you reading? I've seen, I've, anyways, anyways, guys. Anybody know the song, I Can't Even Walk Without You Holding My Hand? Anybody love that song? I love that song so much. Because that describes this exact process. If you tried to go out and be his ambassador without him, 
That just makes no sense. You should always be his plus one. Always. Actually, just one more chapter over is with the next point. This is one we should get excited about, guys. John 16, verse 13. How be it, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. Guys, we, we really have to be filled with God's spirit. We really have to be in tune with him. You know, keep in step with the Spirit of God. You see, way, 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 way back in the day, when you sent an ambassador overseas, it'd take you months to send a letter. There was no telephone. There was no, you know, FaceTime. It was, you just had to know what your sovereign wanted. You had to know the will of your sovereign when you were over there making peace deals, talking to people. That's not the case anymore, guys. I mean, we, we act like we're totally stranded sometimes. But he's in us. He's the spirit of truth. He'll tell you everything you need to know. You know, we, we go to all these things. You know, I'll, I'll find myself online sometimes looking up the meaning of Scripture when the one who wrote the Scripture is already in me, and he can tell me everything I needed to know. When you're an ambassador, I mean, I've seen, I've seen modern-day prophets Call out somebody. Something so obscure that it would take someone who already knew to tell them. Guys, we're not alone in this. We have the Holy Spirit of God. We have Jesus in us. You know, Christ in us, the hope of glory. So we shouldn't act stranded when we're here. We're not 15,000 miles away across the ocean, have to wait three months. He's there instantly. Not like a genie but just like a dad would be there. Let's also look at this. You guys don't have to turn to it, but just interesting enough, let's take a look at the fruit of the Holy Spirit, which is love and joy and peace and long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. It's no coincidence that that these are all the attributes of Christ. Christ demonstrated every one of these for us. I apologize, guys. Give me just one second. He's in you. And he'll tell you everything you need to know. All right. I'm going to read this. You guys can turn to it if you want to. 2 Corinthians 6. 16 through 18. I think I'm going to turn to it too. Second Corinthians 6, 16 through 18. I know it's a lot of scripture, guys, but I think scripture proves scripture. All right. And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God, as God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. 
and will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. If you go to verse 16, he says, I will dwell in them and walk in them. Honestly, guys, he's putting it on a silver platter. All you have to do is just yield yourself over to him. And he said, I'll walk in you. I'll do it. Right? The Spirit empowers us to walk like Jesus walked on the earth. If you look at Jesus' ministry, not only was it a ministry of reconciliation, bringing us to God, but he was showing us love, God's love for us. We should be showing the love of God to others. I mean, isn't it strange that we'll put some worldly stuff, when we're told to put away the world and just be totally his, we'll put some of the stuff from the world in front of us and be bummed out. You know, we'll get, we'll get cut off in traffic and we'll almost lose our cool. We'll almost have to get saved again. I'm not going to stay on this long, but when it comes to politics, guys, when, when, when do we decide to be the body of Christ? When do we decide that the politics don't matter? We say Jesus is king. And guys, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be mean. Please know I'm, I'm just trying to love you. And anything I say is a loving rebuke, if it is a rebuke. But how long until we, when we say Jesus is king, so it doesn't matter who's president, matter? Because we say it until something we didn't like happens. And then we get all upset, and we start personally attacking the other candidates. Guys, our war's not with flesh and blood. And we just seem to forget it when stuff just doesn't go our way. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to rebuke out of anger. Guys, I just want to see us being the body of Christ. I just want to see us being his hands and his feet. Because he paid for that. He paid for the full value of the product. He didn't pay for just half yet. He didn't say, I'll just pay for the hand of Nate. I'll just pay for his hand. No, he paid for the whole soul, the whole body and everything. I'm going to read this one. You don't have to turn to it. Proverbs 13, 17. A wicked messenger falls into adversity, but a faithful envoy brings healing. Envoy meaning ambassador. Guys, if you're not bringing healing and love, Really check where your heart's at. Are you really talking to God? Are you really yielding to God if you're not bringing healing to people? I don't mean just physical healing. That, that's possible, too. If you read the book of Acts, that's available today. Now, the reason why it doesn't look like it right now is a whole other message. But everything is still available to us. And we need to bring healing to wherever we're at, whether it be your work or your house. Guys, you need to be ambassadors to your wives, to your girlfriends, whoever. Be ambassadors to them because we're supposed to be Jesus to them and sometimes we can be their worst enemy. I know that one. I've had so many fights on the way to church, it's not even funny. You must have to repent before you walk in the door. It's crazy. So here, here are some reasons why. Here's some reasons why to be the ambassador. I mean, you're already called to it. You might as well know why you're doing it, right? If all Jesus ever did was save us, if all he ever did was redeem us, and he didn't promise love, and he didn't promise comfort, and he didn't promise healing, 
He didn't promise joy. He didn't promise a relationship, right? That would still be more than enough reason to live your life totally sold out for him. If you're doing Christianity for the blessings, you're in the wrong religion. Because I talk to people. I, I, people say, well, why do, why, do, why do people get hurt? Why do good people get hurt? Well, God makes his sun to shine on the just and the unjust. Guys, Christianity isn't about you. If, if, if you think it's about you just getting a blessing, like, oh, I'll tithe and then God will bless me. You're doing it for the wrong reasons right there already. You might as well just not even give it. He doesn't need your cash. I mean, he's the same one who said, if I'm hungry, am I going to ask you? No, right? He's God. He owns everything. The earth is his and the fullness thereof. And we're sitting here acting like our 20 bucks is going to make a difference. Guys, he loves that cheerful heart that we give him when we bring to him. We can't, like, put his arm behind his back, you know, oh, you're going to have to bless me now, like Jacob tried to. That didn't work. He tells us this is a command to be witnesses to him all over the earth, right? Everywhere we go, to every living creature, the gospel should be preached, if not with your mouth, with your actions. You know, how many people believe actions speak louder than words? I believe that 100%, and the Bible believes that too. In fact, the book of James is pretty much put your money where your mouth is, live your faith out. Another reason is he first loved us. We love John 3.16, for God so loved the world, right? A reason to be his ambassador is for the love alone. I mean, could you imagine Christianity without the love, just the traditions? It wouldn't make much sense. You know, why, why, why even praise him if he didn't love you continually? He said, before the foundation of the earth, I loved you. You know, he had this plan already. You look at Genesis, he had, he had a plan for this. He had a plan for the redemption because he just loved us. He knew Pastor Mick was going to be born and need a savior. He knew Tolina would. He knew Christina would, Larry. If it's not love, even after all that time, after all the turnings away, that he still reaches out, I don't know what else could be a reason. He tells us to spread a word about the things the Father has done for us. Whenever, I think it's Mark 5, I have it wrote down, Mark 5, 19, he looks and it says, now go tell people what the Father has done for you. That applies for us too. Why would, we, why would we hide what God has done for us? I mean, we should testify to everybody. We shouldn't just be scared because they're co-workers. So I'll tell you what, people say you can't talk about God at work, in certain, certain situations. I'll tell you what, that's a lie. I talk about God at work all the time. Because here's the thing, in 1 Peter 3.15, he says, always have an answer prepared. The word's apology, it's where we get apologetics. He says, always have an answer prepared for people who ask you what the hope is that lies within you. But do so with gentleness and respect. We cut off the end of that verse all the time. Gentleness and respect, that's the way to do it. Because no one's going to like when you step on their toes and you crush their idols. Now, if you lovingly push them aside and say, here's the main show, here's the main act, they'll probably be a lot more accepting. One more reason. These aren't in an order. These aren't like reason least to greatest. These are all great reasons. You could run with any of them. Paul tells us in Ephesians, he says, walk worthy of the calling you've been called to. We're called to be his body. The body of Christ means the embodiment of Christ. 
means a house with uh, no empty rooms. God wants you totally sold out for him. He wants you to walk worthy of this because you, you look at so many scandals from pastors and preachers. You look at all these scandals and people laugh then. It's a target of blasphemy. God's trying to cover everybody by saying, walk, you. It comes down to individual, right? You have to walk it out. Adam, you can't walk for Larry. You can help him bear you one another burdens, right? But you can't walk for him. I'll say this again. We're about done, so thank you guys. You guys have really held in there. That's amazing. Thank you. I had faith in you. Um, the goodness of God leads men to repentance. If you think preaching hellfire and brimstone will bring more people than the love of God, you're dead wrong. Yeah, Jesus warned of hell, but whenever he confronted somebody, he confronted their sin, and then he loved them through it. Jesus didn't sit down with the hypocrites. In fact, that's what he hates the most. When you say you're an ambassador for Christ, but then you just, you're double-tongued, you start gossiping about people, talking bad about whoever and whatever just because it's there, trying to look important, you're losing the heart of God in it. That's why, I mean, I, and, I'm not, and I'm not trying to prick anybody here. I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. I, that's why I was already done with all the politics at the start of this year. I was so done with people being nasty to people. I was so done with Christians, Christians being nasty to people. I mean, guys, come on. It seemed like we posted more about politics than Jesus Christ. That sounds rough, but, like, who are we really representing? Our own ideas or Jesus Christ? Right? When we look at really, really bad ambassadors, you know, one person I think of in the Bible is Jonah. He went eventually, but he was mad at God for what, they, what he offered them. He, he gave them mercy. So Jonah basically looks at God and says, I know you're good. I know you're merciful. Your loving kindness is great. and You're slow to anger, he said, but you just spared them. So he got all pouty, decided to go lay by a wall. He's like, I'd rather just die. What is that? You're just commissioned by God, now you're like, oh, now I'm going to go pout about it. So he sits by this wall. He's hanging out there for a while. And a plant appears above his head, starts growing. It gives him shade from the noonday sun. And he loves it. Then the next night, the God sends a worm to attack it. And it withers away. <laughs> and Jonah says within himself, he says, I'd rather just die. What a response. So God says, do you do well to be angry about the gourd? And he's like, yeah, I do, I do well to be angry about the gourd, even unto death. That's nuts, right? So finally, the Lord rebukes him. Did Jonah do what the Lord wanted ultimately? Yeah, he went and warned Nineveh. But it was the fact that Jonah lost the heart of God within his feud with Nineveh. I don't know what it was about Nineveh that just drove him crazy, but the Lord said, you repented faster at the gourd than you did the people that are six score thousand. 
and their sons and daughters. They don't know their left hand from their right, and they have many cattle. But you repented faster for the plant instead of the people. You see, Jonah lost the heart of God. Jonah even describes the heart of God. He says, your loving kindness, your mercy, you're slow to anger. We really need to learn that one, slow to anger. I'm really bad about that. I have a short fuse, guys. But Jonah repented faster as something that affected his personal life rather than the lives of six score thousand people with cattle who didn't even know better. Now, I got two stories. One is actually about my own father. My father lost his uh, mom at a very young age, about 14. Due to the coincidences in the car accident, um, the guy that was driving made it out alive. And my dad always blamed it on the man that was driving. And that hated this man, wanted to kill him for taking his mom away from him. Well, shortly after becoming a uh, born-again Christian, my dad was in the post office, and he said he turned around. He said he wasn't moving at this man. He was just moving with a purpose. And he said, is he moving? He looked up, and he saw him. And he said he stood there for a second. Now, a lot of us, we may have caved. We may have started beating this man to a pulp because we might have held on to ourselves, right? Held on to, well, you took something away from me. But my dad grabbed him and hugged him and said, please come to church with me. If that doesn't show the heart of God, that's a, that's a, that's a modern-day ambassador story, showing the heart of God. God doesn't want you to just be mad and bitter about things. He wants you to be reconciling out there. Now, here's the last story, and we're actually about done. I don't know if you want to play or not. I don't know how this goes at the end here. I thought it would flow a lot better at the end, but. Guys, like I said, you can, you can be an ambassador anywhere. You're supposed to be an ambassador in your marriage. You should even be an ambassador for Christ at your church. Actually, I was, I was studying the other night, and I was getting nervous for this. I was getting real nervous because I love you guys, and I want to preach God's word. I don't want to get up here with personal biases and these little nitty-gritty details when I could just tell you what he says. And I was getting nervous because I just want to do a good job, right? Well, the Lord laid it on my heart to call Brother Allred. Brother Allred stayed on the phone with me for about 40 minutes talking to me about the love of God, talking to me about all these things. He was being Jesus Christ to me. He was giving me advice. I can't tell you how many times I've ran in the Pastor Mick's office with something I've, I've failed, something bad I've done. And he's looked at me, lovingly rebuked me, and said, okay, let's move on. That's the same thing Jesus does. Whenever we come to him with something like a failure we've done, he says, that was stupid. I love you. Let's go. It's that easy, guys. We, we turn repentance into this five-day long, I got to fast, I got to look sad. No, cling on to his promises. That's what they're there for. Okay, the story I promised. How's that work? I work, I work for merchandising at Home Depot. So I work with a man who, uh, he used to be a Christian. He was real studied. Actually, his theology is on point. He's an atheist, but great theology. Great theology talks. And uh, 
he talked to me all the time about, you know, all these things. And, you know, I try to rebut these, you know, and I try to witness the people at work. And so he looks at me one day and he says, he said, you know, one of the reasons I don't believe. I said, what? He said, I saw Christians that were supposed to be filled with the spirit of God walking around and not acting like it. He said, so therefore I concluded that there can't be a God. Guys, how sad is that? That pricked my heart so bad, it pretty much spawned a message where God told me that we need to be his ambassadors. Guys, you could be the reason. You can make or break somebody's faith by the way you act. So next time you want to get political and prove you're right, next time you want to go around and prove your point and puff out your chest, just think about something real quick. What would Jesus do? I know it sounds so cheesy. We hear that all the time. What would Jesus do? But it is such a legitimate question to ask yourself in the face of adversity. What would Jesus do? And then run with it. See, it's one thing to ask. God will tell you if you ask. But you have to go and fulfill that. So guys, please, there's a world watching. They're watching now. They'll be watching until the end of time. Some people are looking for hope. Some people are looking for truth. Some people are just looking for an escape from the unknown. Death is scary on its own. In fact, before I was a Christian, I, I struggled with the concept of death. I struggled with it hard. Now that I am, it's just easy to explain. But guys, study. Study his word to show yourself approved unto God. You're not trying to prove it to anybody else. But guys, show God that you're in this for him. If you wait just for Sunday nights and Wednesday nights to be fed, you're going to be malnourished by the end of the week. Guys, I, I love you, but Pastor Mick cannot walk this walk for you. He can't be Jesus Christ for you all the time. I can't. Talena can't. But guys, we, we've got to walk in him. We've got to really let him walk in us. Please, guys, there's a world watching. They're waiting, and we should always have an answer prepared. Even if it's not a great one, an answer is an answer. Could we, could we just say a prayer together? Be real simple, real short. Real simple, real short. You can close your eyes. You can keep them open. Just say, Father, please help me to be an ambassador of your glory, of your honor, of your power. Let me shine this light so all can see your beauty, your love. Please fill me with your Holy Spirit. Please walk in me. I yield myself to you. 
please, Lord, guide my heart and give me wisdom, not only in your word, but in the way you operate. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thanks for listening with us today. We hope that you have been challenged, inspired, or God has changed you somehow or in some way by what you have heard. If you would like to learn more about Fountain of Life Worship Center, find us at our website at folwc.com, on Facebook at facebook.com slash folwc, or in person. If you have a prayer request that you would like us to join in praying with you, please head to our prayer page at folwc.com slash prayer and click the image that reads prayer request. If you'd like to support this ministry, you can go to our website, folwc.com, and click give at the top of the page. Join us every Thursday for a new podcast. Hit subscribe on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast to keep up with our most recent podcast episode. Have a great day, and God bless you all.